Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to the Orange is a New Black podcast. I am your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim Hude. Zim, say what's up to the people. What's going on, beautiful world? Let's get it. It's Monday, right after the season finale. Bengals versus Browns. Bengals knock them off. Easy. How you feel, Ace? Uh, I feel amazing. I, and I just want to send my condolences <laughs> out. Can we just please have a moment of silence? Like, I, just five seconds. To chase young lovers. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. Click, click, click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we got here. Who they? Who they think going to beat them Bengals? Uh, what an amazing weekend, man. It starts off with Joe Burrow throwing not one, not two, not three, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns total, followed up by a disappearance by the man of a name, a man by the name of Chase Young in one of the biggest stages that we've ever seen. Now, in all fairness, Chase Young is an amazing player, amazing talent. Uh, but we told you guys, he is a guy that teams will game plan for and teams can take away. You can't take away Joe Burrow, and that's why we wanted to draft a quarterback. But outside of that, it also ends, as Zimmer said, with a win against the Browns, the Steelers lose and are eliminated uh, from the playoffs, and it just was – a amazing way to wrap up the season. And Freddie Kitchens got fired. That was another thing. So, <laughs> we got him canned. We got him canned, guys. So let's start off. And it's crazy, right, because last year it was like Baker Mayfield got Marvin Lewis canned. And it's like this this week it's like the Bengals kind of returned that favor to the Browns um, to cap off a hectic season for them. Uh, but with that being said, then let's start with the Burrow game because we were, we were texting back and forth. I was in Miami, um, you know, spending some time with the wife for her birthday weekend. Um, happy well, birthday, my phone just wife. Kept, kept blowing up. <laughs> yes, happy birthday to my wife, for real. Shout out to her. It's actually her birthday today um, as we're recording this podcast on December Double 30th. Double happy birthday. Um, so, um, Zim, what were your thoughts going, like, through that game? Because we know you've been – Team Burrow from day one, basically, and you you even actually have uh, number one, like the actual draft jersey. You had that made like months ago. So, yep, yep. what were your thoughts on uh, the game from the Burrow standpoint and the Chase Young standpoint, if you don't mind? 
Okay, so the Chase Young standpoint is, like you said, just piggybacking off of what you just said, Chase Young is an, is an amazing player. Um, I don't know if you guys have been listening to the podcast long, but I told you my best, my one of my childhood friends was the coach at the Master High School. I've seen Chase Young play early on, super dominant in high school, super dominant in college. The last four or five weeks of the season, though, Chase Young is like, I don't know if he's taking a little bit off just because he's trying to get ready and make sure he stays healthy, which is the actual opposite thing you should be doing. But teams aren't really even double-teaming him in a lot of these key spots. I think they're finding out a lot of his different weaknesses and different things that um, can hold him back. But with that said, I still think this, this is my hot take, I still think Chase Young is going to be a candidate for Rookie of the Year this upcoming year. And it's never been a Chase Young versus Burrow thing for me. It's just about the fit, the team, the organization, and things like that. So Chase Young fans don't take our moment of silence to heart and all that stuff like that. He's he's a great football player, and if he stays healthy, he'll be fine. But um, Joe Burrow in that game, in the biggest stages, um, somebody showed me some TCU games at Dalton in, in the biggest games, and, and, and he had some good moments as well too, but not like this. I don't think I've ever seen a college football quarterback dominate like this. And a lot of people are saying, well, it's only, he only did it for one year. Carson Palmer only did it for one year. A lot of these guys only do it for one year. Yeah, like, that's, 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 that's very common. Not that's to cut you common. off, that's not to cut you off, but um, in, in, uh, in actuality, Joe Burrow has been a starter for two seasons, right? Um, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray did it in one year. Kyler Murray only yep. played his last year. Baker Mayfield did it in one year. So it's kind of crazy that people are kind of bringing that up where, you know, you've looked at the last couple of um, number one quarterbacks that have been taken. They only played one year, and they yep. were Heisman winners. So, like, like what? <laughs> but, like, that, I want to I do this thing. I'm gonna go to, I had this thing where I was going to go through all the scores from yesterday, right, at the end of the show we're going to, or at some point in the show. I just want to go through this because you brought up Kyler Murray. Somebody was in my comments saying, well, look at Kyler Murray. I said, yeah, absolutely look at Kyler Murray. When you watch Kyler Murray uh, play for the Cardinals, yeah, they're missing a bunch of pieces, but he gives them a puncher's chance. Even if you look at uh, Baker Mayfield, had he not gotten greedy on a couple of those throws, his stat line wouldn't look so terrible. And even I never thought for a second that the Bengals were going to lose that game. I said that in the live. I said everybody's playing so free, everybody's smiling, the Bengals – I hadn't seen them play that loose in so long that I was like, there's no way the Browns are going to win this game. It's, it's just a better team, which the Bengals are a lot of these games. They're always the better team. Now, Browns have more talent, but I think the cohesion and everything was there for the Bengals. And in, in this in this particular game, they were the better team. And it showed. And what happens, though, you have a quarterback, though, even when it looked like the Browns were out of it. What did y'all think when he converted the fourth down to OBJ? What did you think when Mayfield scrambled and made that play and then he uh, he, goes, he doesn't go out, duck off to the sidelines? He takes the contact from, uh, was that Sean Williams? I don't know. But either way, he's got he's, he's hyped, right? Baker Mayfield will be fine, even, even in a losing effort. Go look at that and then go look at the Steelers game, right? Like, when you don't have a quarterback and you have a top-10 defense, which the Steelers do have right now, they give up 28 points because they can't manufacture any first downs. Their offense is the most sickening, nastiest, dirtiest, trash offense I've ever seen in NFL football. Like, we thought our offense was bad. Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph are beyond terrible from a quarterback standpoint. 
and it makes the biggest difference in the game. Joe Burrow in his game, in his semi-championship game or playoff championship game that you want to call it in the Peach Bowl, absolutely toyed with those guys. He looked like a man playing with boys. His court, his, uh, his his wide receivers, Jefferson and Chase, they're ready for the league too. Everybody in the middle of the game is like, yeah, we don't get A.J. Green, bring one of those guys. I mean, like, it, it, it was so dominant. And we're not talking about some slouch team. Like, we're talking about the Oklahoma Sooners who only lost one game this year. They're not slouch. Jalen Hurts is not a slouch. Like, these guys are not slouches. They – if if Joe Burrow would have if they would have let him put the gas pedal on him, he would have had ten touchdowns. He he threw for ninety yards in the second half on the strength of they were trying to like pull the reins back on him. But he's like a machine. He's like the Terminator. His face says it all. It has all the emotion of every Bengals fan that I can remember just locked inside of his body, just waiting to explode. And he won't even smile when he scores a touchdown. That's like the greatest thing of he's like Ivan Dragic. He's, I mean, the guy is like, yeah, like Drago. He's amazing, you know what I'm saying, in in that realm because he's so cool, he's so calm, and he's so, like, uh, he's so, like, he has that that bone in his body that's just razor-sharp focus, and he just was out to kill. I I mean, like, if you were going to make a a documentary on how to paint a a serial killer, they probably would look like Joe Burrow because he looks crazy as hell when he's throwing all these touchdowns. He doesn't smile, takes contact. He They're trying to pull the game back. He does a quarterback sneak and trucks the guy, goes over, gives his hand, his teammate a high five, the headbutt, and then walks off the field. Like, it, like he didn't just score eight touchdowns in a game. Like, it's right. incredible. Like, I mean, the guy is crazy. And then after the game, he told Tim Tebow, like, yeah, I wasn't even that sharp today. <laughs> can you imagine that? Who right. has eight touchdowns and says, "Yeah, I wasn't even that sharp. I missed so many throws." Yeah, Tim Tebow runs off the stats and says, "Yeah, like you're like 19 for 29 or something." He's like, "Yeah, could have been a lot better. Like we we missed some throws out there. I had some throws I went back. It was three right. drops that he had in the game where his stat line would have looked even better. His quarterback rating was 154. That's like the highest you could possibly have. Like the guy is, a, is an animal, and we're not talking about in a regular season game. This is a semi championship." A playoff game right here. Like, this is it. Like, what more do you want? I don't have to sell y'all on this. This is what it is. And I think for the first time ever, as we were watching the game yesterday and the Bengals took care of the Browns, everybody that I could see, I didn't hear one Chase Young. Those Chase Young guys, they're they're far, far and away now. Like, uh, I, I mean, everybody's really bought in because I'm not selling everybody on this. This is the next Joe Montana. I don't know what Joe Burrow will be. But what we need is a steady hand force. Uh, with his leadership is much needed for this team. And then you'll get your emotion from Joe Mixon's and the Tyler Boys of the world. But A.J. Green paired up with Joe Burrow, like, honestly, I, I'm, I'm I'm 30, but, I mean, that might give me a wet dream tonight. That I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I watched the whole game. I, I wanted to win, but all I could think about is Joe to Joe, Joe to boy. I want Eifert back. I want everybody back. And let's just do it again. Let's just run it back again. I totally agree with you. Like like we said, man, Chase Young guy, we are not against you. We just it just was a positional thing. He's still an amazing player. Uh, I think that he still should come out and probably will be the best draft draft prospect of this class. Uh, but you know, it's, it's Burrow, man. Uh, so let's get into the Browns game. Um, lots of things that I took away from this game. Um, number one, Joe Mixon. 
um, ends up finishing off the season with 1,100 yards, which is mind-boggling to even uh, fathom how he did that, given how this season started off for him. Um, and then you also have um, other guys that stood out to me. Uh, I talk about guys like Darius Phillips. Um, I had a tweet that I pointed out, um, which is crazy, right, because I'm really a, a big Darius Phillips fan. Uh, yes, he did get mossed by OBJ, but everybody – I mean, it's OBJ. What do you expect? But the one thing that I pulled away from that is he was the actual team leader in interceptions this season. And, you know, he had four total interceptions. How many games did he play, like six? Six. It says that he played eight. I don't even think he really played eight. I don't, nah, and, there's no and way. And we know, we know that he's barely played in some of those games. Like, I can remember, I think, that Bills game when he got that interception and got hurt. He didn't even start that game. Like, they finally – I remember they were, like, trying him and putting, like, B.W. Webb, and there was another guy I can't – B.W. Webb got abused yesterday, too. His mind escaped me, but they threw this other guy in, and then they finally threw him in, and he gets the interception. But anyway, I say – Are you talking about Maven? Um, not Maven. It was another dude. Maven, too. They tried him with him as well, but there was another guy in there. His name escapes me right now. Um, I was actually surprised we even kept him on the final roster when we had cuts because um, he was so garbage, but – um, Darius Tony, Phillips, McCray. Tony McCray, thank you. Um, Darius Phillips led the team in interceptions, had four, um, eight games that he barely played in. Drake Kirkpatrick has had four total interceptions in the last four seasons. Uh, Darius Phillips needs to play, people. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it there. I'm We've been saying that there. on the podcast for a long time, and I think you know, like, in in the, even after the game, I don't know if you saw that. Um, Zach Taylor gave uh, Darius Phillips the game ball, him and Joe Mixon. So, I mean, yeah. it's, the Bengals aren't ignoring the, the inevitable. This is not a Marvin Lewis thing where a guy goes crazy like that and they're just going to ignore him. Like, no, nah, he got the game ball. And then you see John Ross show some flashes, Tyler Boyd. Like, this team can be good. This team can really be good. Carlos Dunlap comes out and gets a couple of sacks. I mean, Zem, what were your thoughts on the Browns game? For the most part, I just I thought that everybody was pretty solid. Um, it, 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 it was just a looseness that was happening the whole entire game, and I think that was the biggest difference in the game. It's just like a looseness and a feel to it where I don't think the Bengals players for a doubt thought that they were going to, you know, they, they – if you watch them at the end of the last round game, a lot of the players were like, man, we left that one out there, we gave them that one, and they felt like they were a better team. And it really showed up this week too when they, you know, like when they went to go play. I mean, it just suit up. Everybody just went and balled out, you know. So it is what it is. I, it's not really – I mean, the highlights that I would have, like I said, is is, is Darius Phillips. It, it's, it's Joe Mixon going for a career game, all these different things. Right, and I couldn't remember. I know one of our first shows that we did, I know that we did like an over and under, but I think I still lost it because I think it was – I think it was over or under 1,200 yards for Joe Mixon, but I wouldn't even have fathomed that he would have gotten this close after making that statement early on in the season and seeing how those first four games went for him. It was just, it's just crazy, and I think like his energy really is infectious. And I saw a lot of a lot of fans saying that it is imperative that the Bengals try to re-sign Joe Mixon. Them, I know that. You you um kind of are lukewarm to I guess extending him. I don't want to speak for you, but what are your thoughts on 
Joe Mixon. Do you think he should be a priority? Clearly, they just also, if you guys are just now listening and you haven't heard, the Bengals have extended uh, Trey Hopkins for, I believe, another three years. So he mm-hmm. is locked and loaded. But mm-hmm. man, what are your thoughts on – Putting the pieces around Burrow. Potentially, yeah. potentially uh, I guess, going with uh, a Joe Mixon extension. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so for for the most part, I have been on this thing. Like, I look at contracts throughout the NFL. There really aren't any good con- uh, contracts for running backs right now that make sense. Even the Melvin Gordon deal, the Le'Veon Bell deal, all these deals where these guys, like, want to hold out, which it looks like Joe Mixon probably be a candidate to maybe the year after. Maybe they start going into some type of negotiations or something in, in this all season, But it's, it's tricky. I think – if the Bengals try to pick up, like, his fifth-year option, I think because he's a second-round pick, it might be a little bit higher than what you want to pay. I don't know the numbers on it. But after seeing yesterday, and then if you look at this roster, they already paid Dunlap. They already paid Geno. They've already paid, like, a lot of key guys, right? The key, like, somebody in Tyler Boyd. So a lot of times on these teams where where you have this running back position and you don't want to pay them, you got all these other positions. Like the Steelers ran into this because they got to pay the whole entire offensive line and pay Ben Roethlisberger 20-plus I mean million, right? So right. that's where they ran into the late round belt. If you look at the Bengals roster, it's not like that. The only, the only contract that exceeds, like, the norm in my mind uh, is probably the Jerker Patrick deal. Uh, William Jackson is probably just going to get his fifth-year option picked up, so you don't have to worry about him right away. But it's not too many contracts. So when you're looking at it, they're going to have a ton of cap space. You get Dalton off the books. You now get a rookie quarterback deal. On a normal circumstance, I wouldn't say sign this running back for that amount of money, which I know he's going to be getting like – we're talking probably like $12 million or something like that, which is absurd. Mark Ingram is probably the only good contract I like from a running back position currently right now in the NFL – he gets like five million. Some of them uh, nine, the forty niners deals um, that they have for the running backs are really good too. But they got a big committee too. But and then any of the other good ones are like David Montgomery or guys on their rookie or second year contract, you know. So it doesn't really make that much sense. I, I think I'm off the Ross contract. I wouldn't pick up his fifth year con- uh, fifth year option, and I think it's only because there's so many wide receivers in the draft that I think will be good enough. I think that in everybody's mind, they're saying, well, you don't want to see Ross go somewhere else and start killing it, right? But I can get over that if we got a legit wide receiver threat, the heir apparent to, like, maybe A.J. Green, that maybe you you are looking in the second or third round. Because after this year coming up, I just yeah, I just don't see them coming back and get, giving Ross that. You you don't have enough money to pay AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and another wide receiver like that. Just it doesn't work like that. And if you are going to do it, it's only because you got a quarterback on his rookie contract. But then if you do that, the linebacker that everybody's clamoring for, free agency or the guard or anybody else like that, you're not going to get a shot with that with the Bengals. Like other teams, maybe might ex, you know go exceed that, but the Bengals aren't going to push themselves to that limit. So with that being said, you know, you, you might have enough to sign mixing. You're going to be picking up other little contracts here and there. Maybe you pick up Eifer on a one-year deal. Maybe you try to extend, like, some other guys like William Jackson now. Like, you, you, you do some stuff now to just kind of, like, get that cap number down and just get ready for the future because the core is there. Like, when when I argue with Steelers fans and stuff like that, I mean, if you look at it, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit, I wouldn't say, like, us, 
in this regard, but they're in no man's land because they don't have the cap space to pay the guys that they want. They don't have a first-round draft pick, and then they don't have a quarterback, right? And then they'll say, well, we do have a Hall of Fame quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. There's no way Ben Roethlisberger can can escape the pass rush that I saw yesterday and be be counted on to go toe-for-toe with Joe Burrow. And I know Joe Burrow isn't in the NFL, but this is a this is starting to become a young man's league. It, it kind of reminds me of the NBA a little bit. Like it's starting to get really, really young, and these young guys that are coming in here playing early all over the league are killing it. And these older quarterbacks like that are starting to slowly get dwindled out of get dwindled out of the NFL. And and what they have is a really good defense, so they'll go eight and eight. They'll go sure. you know, you know they'll go seven and nine and stuff like that. But what does that do? What does that do for us? It just right. gets you middle of the pack type talent, and you'll right. never have a first round. They'll they'll never be two and fourteen, right? Sure. So they won't get a first round. They won't get that guy, and they have to give up their whole entire draft to get that guy. Like when will they ever get out of that? You know what I mean? And Ben Roethlisberger might play another two three years. I I want him to play. He's slow. He 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 throws a lot of fifty fifty balls up. I remember him. Like he's going to throw a lot of yards. Those, Big those Ben throws, throws a lot of he throws picks. a lot of picks. I mean, Jameis Winston leads the whole National Football League in yards, right? But he throws he threw thirty touchdowns, thirty picks. Ben Roethlisberger is close to that every single year. I'll take that if you if you giving me Darius Phillips, man, I'm 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 so excited for the future, bro. Like I, we're so we so got out of no man's land just by losing. We were in right. there for the last three four years just because when you got this roster, you don't want to turn over. It's like we we just rebuilt. And right. nobody wants to talk about rebuilding or whatever. We just did it, and it happened right. really fast. And now that the quarterback's there, or whatever. I'm not saying that we're going to go to playoffs and kill everybody like that, but right. we have a core, and now we're starting up with the most important position: a four-year window that you could go sign whoever the hell you want because you don't have to pay somebody twenty-something million dollars a year. That is exactly. a beautiful. That is the most. That is the biggest asset for any NFL team right now. It's Black Monday, and the Giants have fired Pat Shermer. Uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens was fired yesterday. I wanted to ask you, Zim, if you think that um, Zach Taylor will make it through Black uh, – not Black Friday, Black Monday. Uh, I personally think that he will, just given that he beat the Browns and that kind of goes far in Mike Brown's uh, war room in terms of what decisions he makes. And then also I just wanted to wrap up with Andy Dalton because this could be his last game. Uh, Zim, what are your thoughts on um, Zach Taylor and will he have a job? Will the Bengals keep him um, going forward? Hell yeah, they're going to keep Zach. That's my boy. Zach, that's my boy. I don't. I don't know if y'all want a, a complete uh, analytical uh, response on that, but Zach Taylor, I believe in him, and I don't know. I have gut feelings sometimes in life, but I feel like every time he walks in the room, he's the smartest guy in the room. I read this great article um, that the Rooney's had on Mike Tomlin, where they were just saying, you know, no matter what, you know, they just put these resources around the guys that they they you know that they believe in the most, and for me. I believe in Zach Taylor, and I think that all they have to do is just put the resources around them. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I think he deserves a shot with getting um, his own quarterback, his own guy, and a chance to get in there. And I think, like I said, the fact that this team never quit on him uh, bodes very well for him moving forward. 
the other thing is I want to give a shout-out to Andy Dalton. I know that we've been critical of him. Uh, it doesn't come from a space where we don't like Andy Dalton as the person. Um, for me, he has given us something to cheer for, at least from 2011 until now. Um, you know, we've had some ups and downs with him. I'm not going to going to sugarcoat anything, for, but, but for the most part, he did make sure that the Bengals were not one of the worst teams in the league because I can still remember the ESPN report uh, in 2011 where ESPN thought that uh, Carson Palmer's little brother, Jordan Palmer, was going to be the starter for the Bengals and that we were going to basically be picking in the top three for the next three years. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. There was a Dalton and Green era that was started that brought some excitement. Uh, but to me, it just felt like it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't fulfilling, and ultimately, that's what kind of did him in after, you know, three down seasons, not statistically, but from a performance base in terms of the team, they have not been able to recapture that flame that they once had in 2015. And ultimately, we had to move on. 2015 has become the new 2005 and it's time for a new day. But thank you, Andy Dalton, for everything that you've done for the city of Cincinnati. Um, thanks for hanging in there and, and leaving it all on the field last night. Nothing personal against you. Definitely have respect for you as a human being. Uh, but Fuck yeah. Dalton. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Ace. I love Ace. Ace is my partner for life. He's trying to keep it so G and professional. That's my dog. Listen, I love Andy, man. Everybody knows I got that love-hate relationship with dog, too. If I saw Andy, like, I'd be the first one to try to give him a hug. I wouldn't even dap him up because I done gone through some battles with him that he doesn't even realize. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, in my mind, I always be telling people, like, this is me, Jim versus Dalton. This weekend, like, we, we had this big showdown, and, like, and I, I'm always trying to prove them wrong and stuff. But, like, yeah. As I watch Duck Hodges and, and Mason Rudolph, thank <laughs> God for Andy Dawn. Period. Yeah, so with that being said, we're going to leave that here. Uh, Hold on. What are we for, doing for the off season? What are we doing for the off, off season? season? What, are they tell, so, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to tell the people um, to keep on listening to us and, and, and how we're going to entertain these people this summer? Be sure I mean, to subscribe, this, this, Be sure this, this to, subscribe to New Stripe City on YouTube. That's my YouTube channel. Be sure to follow them on IG, Instagram, for those who are not in the know. That is Instagram, at them underscore who they. Be sure to follow us there, but we're definitely going to be coming back and dropping uh, Orange is the New Black episodes. We're going to try to shoot for one Thursday. Uh, we're going to do the year-end reward, awards, so we'll kind of – give our takes on the season, who was the most improved, who was the weakest link, uh, things of that nature. So we'll do that Thursday. But, I mean, the, the season is never over for us. We're going to be hitting you guys with tons of draft coverage. Obviously, with us having the first-round pick or the first pick in the draft, it's likely going to be Burrow. But we'll talk about some of the other needs. Obviously, there's still free agency that has to happen. There's contracts. There's all kind of drama. So keep it tuned here. Uh, we appreciate you guys giving us our feedback. We love to get these comments from you guys. Uh, we'll start doing mailbags. Maybe we'll do something where we can bring some of the fans on. But we're just going to take this to the new level. Um, the, also, the plan is to try to also get to the draft. 
Um, so me and Zim are working behind the scenes to try to make a draft trip happen. Uh, definitely would love to try to, if we can, do an on-site podcast there during the draft. That would be dope. Um, but we have big things in, in store for the future. So definitely be sure to subscribe to the Orange is the New Black podcast. We're under the Cincy Jungle Syndicate. So the actual podcast name on the platform that you're listening to is under Cincy Jungle. You can also get the Orange and Black Insider with Anthony. You can also get Matt Minish's Chalk Talk, all kinds of great Bengals information so be sure to subscribe to us and then was there anything else that you wanted to say that the fans can look forward to from orange is the new black i just want to say thank you guys for rocking with us thank you for very much for being a Bengals fan and uh the birth of the borough babies is here this is a moment that i think we'll always remember this season like i mean you, you could really just go from 2015 till now when we're looking back at this 10 20 years now later like, this season was very, very important because it was a rebuild in, in itself. A lot of those players, like the Preston Browns of the world, like, we just got, you know, we had to we had to move on from it. And I think Zach Taylor and the boys will be smart enough to make this happen. And I, I really, really applaud the fans for being loyal to people like Dalton, who I gave up on a while ago. And, you know, who's to say who's right or wrong? I, we'll never know. But the fact that you guys are still cheering for Bengals and stuff like that makes me really happy. Because every day of my life, I have to defend myself for being a Bengals fan to people that don't understand it. And I, I do know this, that next year is going to be very, very fun to watch. And in the off season, we are going to get you ready for it. We're going to do some things, and we're going to have some moments. And if you're rocking with us now, I promise you, you'll be one of them people that will be able to say, man, I remember I was listening to their podcast. And wasn't really nobody paying attention. Now look at everybody. So keep on listening to us. We got some contests and stuff coming up, too. We're going to be doing some cool things. We're going to keep you guys active. We want all your questions still to come in because we're going to be a lot of moves that are going to get made this offseason. I bet you that. Who day? Who day? Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work.